Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always are my good friends joshua and my good friend mike josh how you doing what are you drinking uh i'm doing pretty good uh and i bought a mixed pack from bronx brewery and this is their Juicy Tropical Waves World Gone Hazy IPA. It's a long name, and I have to say in the end, it's just okay, and it reminds me of drinking the liquid equivalent of Flintstone Vitamins. That doesn't sound good, unless you're doing two Barneys and a bed. Oh. It's like called the Devil's Three-Way, and it's delicious. Take what I can get. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, I, I, someone asked me my opinion on a beer today, and I was able to channel my good friend Josh. They, they picked up a, a a six pack of a uh, full pack of clown shoes and they said are these good and i'm like clown shoes is a terrible beer by anything else because you drink a clown shoe once down in florida and it's the first time i've ever seen you send a beer back the only time i've ever seen you send a beer you didn't send it back you're not a dick you put it on the bar and said nope so that that wasn't clown shoes first Fuck, and, I thought it was. and clown shoes is a collaborative brewing that's not the name of the beer so there's a bunch of different beers by clown shoes. But, you know, I'm sure that person appreciated not not um, drinking that beer, because who knows? <sighs> what beer was it that you wouldn't drink? What was it? I'd have, I'd have to look it up. I, it was clown something. It could have been. Whatever. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, you doing what are you drinking? I'm doing fine, and I am drinking a Czech Pilsner, a U.S.-made lager from Moat Mountain... Uh, brewing company in uh, North Conway, New Hampshire, and uh, it's it says Czech Pilsner, a U.S. made lager, which confuses me because I didn't know a Pilsner and a lager were the same thing. A Pilsner is a lager. That is true. Okay. Yeah. It's. Czech as in C-H-E-C-K? Like, Czech? C-Z, yeah. Oh, no. Czech, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, did not, it does not taste like any Czech beer I have ever drank. It's uh, a little disappointing. It's fair. Yeah, you spent a little time over there. Nothing like that? No. The beer over there was the second only to Germany. Well, damn, Austria has really good beer, too. All right. Third I mean, only to Austria and Germany. <laughs> That kind of stuff, you know, there's like chemistry. There's a lot of science behind that kind of beer. And we'll go into that if you ever let us do a beer talk uh, uh, podcast with you, Josh. For Jesus, beer fuck, what kind of softball intro with that? How? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drop trial and tattoos. We're doing scientists on my ass? It's an excellent point. I duly dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> you know why? Because I was mad. Speaking of mad, today we're doing non-mad scientists. <laughs> totally not mad. They're not mad about anything. Yeah, mad. We're, we're going to be talking about our top five scientists who aren't criminally insane or what we would call technically mad. Now, we have to be a little careful about who we put in what category because every single scientist at some point, like almost every superhero, goes insane at some point for a little while. Everyone gets taken over by aliens, but we're going to say, for the most part, weren't mad. Like, the mad tinkerer, as I was talking to Mikey earlier, probably qualifies as a mad scientist, even though I'm sure on his card, it just says tinkerer. <laughs> like, you probably wouldn't put mad on there. <laughs> and though we think of him as mad, he probably thinks of himself as very level-headed and scientifically minded. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Scientific yeah. method. All right, and uh, Mikey, you want to start us off? And uh, as always, we're doing the top five, and the rules are if someone takes your guy, you got to drink. 
And you can chime in and why you agree. So the first guy I thought of goes back to my early days of collecting comics. The best scientist in the Justice League of America. That is Ray Palmer, the Adam. Uh, a uh, he and Ryan Choi, who uh, ended up taking over for the Adam. They're both excellent scientists, but for my money, Ray Palmer combines the classic adventure with the scientist in a way that is totally not mad. Okay, I can see that. All right, he wasn't on my list. I missed him. Missed him. because he's very small. Yeah. It's hard Easy to, to look over. Uh, so his uh, area of science, of course, is uh, engineering. What, what, what would you say is, is, is? I believe it's called shrinkology. I'm not sure. See, that's the thing. We don't want to call it shrinkology. Uh, I believe he was actually an astrophysicist. I see. Because he uh, he finds the dwarf star um, in a cave and is able to transform it into. Um, uh, well, that takes a lot the of shrinking, yeah. Okay. I know you watch at Ivy University, by golly. Go fighting Creeping Ivy. Yeah. I'll slowly choke you to death until all the nitrogen is gone from your body and your soil. Go fighting Ivy. Josh, you got a number one for us, sir? Uh, number one's a tough one. I mean... There are a lot of good scientists out there. Like, there, a lot of underrated scientists, I think. There are. Uh, just that I think in the in the swinging towards the least mad scientist I could find uh, in Marvel, I'm going with Moira McTaggart. Ah, drink. She was one of my honorable mentions, dude. One of the probably the best geneticists in next to High Evolutionary, who's definitely mad. Mad. <laughs> She's definitely the best not mad geneticist in Marvel. You wouldn't put uh, McCoy right there with her. I would, but Hank has gone over the. He's, he's tipped over the edge. A couple he's tipped of over the edge by himself. By himself, experimenting on himself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So he's not mad at other people, but he's had some <laughs> internal conflict that yeah. made him. Makes some seriously questionable scientific decisions. So he was on my alter alternates, but I don't know if I would uh, if I would have put him right there. Yeah, Beast was on my alternates man. also. Yeah, it, he was on my alternates too. But when I hear geneticist, I usually think of him. And also, I love. Here's a great little bit of trivia: a restaurant I ran called Veggie Galaxy. Hank uh, McCoy mentions in a comic book because he goes to Cambridge and he's a well-known vegan. So he takes a meeting with someone at Veggie Galaxy, and I'm like, that, that, I, I ran that. <laughs> and what's his name? Voices him, lives in Cambridge. Who's that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? From, uh, yeah, that, that guy. The Cheers. The Cheers. Yeah, that make up the, the other guy. guy. The other Hal Linden. No. <laughs> no. What's his name? Hal Holbrook. Oh, yeah, the follow up show after Cheers. Psychology. Kelsey Grammer. Hello. Kelsey Grammer. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. All right. Um, one of my favorite scientists of all times in uh, the comic books. We're, we're going to be able to easily argue that he went mad a couple of times, but I think he came back around enough uh, that uh, <laughs> we can say he's okay. And that, of course, is Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, uh, also known as the Scientist Supreme. Everyone's shaking their head at me. That dude's crazy. Like, he literally went crazy. Yeah, it, but he came back. Like, don't we all go mad? So he no created Ultron. <laughs> by accident? Ish. No, he wanted to create Ultron. He didn't realize yeah, he what didn't Ultron, Ultron would become. He all crazy. You know, Zaggins, he I mean, he created Jocasta, which was a robot that had his wife's personality uploaded into it. Yeah. 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 The only difference between Janet Van Dyne and Jocasta, Hank Pym never hit Jocasta. <laughs> it hurt your hands. That's dark, man. That is dark. That is I didn't write the comics. <laughs> I just read them. Loki named him Scientist Supreme of the entire planet. Yeah, the fuck he was with, him. with him. 
know, but I love that. <laughs> so you guys wouldn't put him on as one of the top non-mad scientists of all time? Oh, good God, no. He's definitely a mad scientist. I'd put him at the top of scientists, but I wouldn't put him at the top of non-mad scientists. Scientist. All right, I'm glad you said that because I put a little caveat next to it. And if you guys eliminate him, I want to go with Bill Foster. Sure. So Bill Foster, of course, a brilliant uh, geneticist and uh, growthologist, <laughs> if we're going to be using these terms, uh, was also, uh, you know, he was Black Goliath, of course, and uh, was featured in one of the Marvel movies, had his own comic book for a while. He was able to, you know, grow to enormous size, be Black Goliath, and not go nearly as insane as Hank Pym. Yeah. See how I did that? Brian around. All right. Mikey. Uh, I'm going to go to the independence for my next pick. And I am going to Tom Strong uh, from America's Best Comics, created by Alan Moore. He was in homage to Doc Sampson and his crew. Uh, A little fun fact. Tom Strong found an alternate dimension version of him named Tom, Tom Strange. Strange. <laughs> so, yes. I've read that comic. People give me that comic all the time. Tom Strong uh, had a uh, Newman, spelled P-N-E-U-M-A-N, a steam-powered robot, and King Solomon, a gorilla with superhuman intelligence. So, average gorilla intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Among his many other cast of characters. It's a fun read. If you like old pulp comics, go check out Tom Strong's uh, Amazing Adventures. Do you have a, uh, like a series that you liked about one in particular? So, his terrific tales is what I would go with. Although, Terra Obscura was pretty good, too. Terra Obscura. I always see that one around, so I'll pick that one. He also appears in uh, another comic, but I'll be talking about that later. Okay. Josh, you're up next. I'm going to go with, now, some might argue that this person is mad a lot, but he's not a mad scientist. But he's mad a lot, Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's mad, but he's not a mad scientist. And his... His condition is not due to himself, right. like something that he purposely did to himself or something. So, yeah, I'd go. I, I say that's totally reasonable. Yeah. I'll drink to that. I mean, yeah, the, there's been plenty of comments where he has experimented on himself, but he usually didn't. But he's trying, trying to, to cure himself. Trying, trying to cure himself. Cure himself so. Yeah. All right. I'll buy that. He's definitely one of the big hitters when it comes to radiation. And a, a brilliant engineer, too. So, yeah, the, easy. The definitive gamma radiation expert. <laughs> well, he spends a lot of time looking at that stuff. To his very core. <laughs> to his very core. Um, here's one that I think it might be a little controversial, but I don't think it is. I'm going to go with Peter Parker. Uh, Peter Parker's a brilliant scientist, and I don't think he gets enough credit. He is a brilliant scientist. Not only did he create his web shooters, he also created the fluid that goes with it. Although I think Pace Pot Pete might want to sue him. Yeah. He, he definitely looked at some notes. He's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, but... Uh, uh, yeah. And also spider trackers. And he yeah. builds all that shit out of nothing. Yeah, he's like, got no money. He had, he's got no money. He's, he's got, got no like, money. He's, he's like, it's easy, I don't want to say it's easy for Tony Stark to have a 3D hologram lab where he's scooping his arm into a thing and moving parts around and, and trying to figure out all this armor stuff. You know, Pete's like cutting tin cans in half to get aluminum to get the web shooter to work right. I've seen a couple cartoons where he's doing that, a comic where he's doing that. And um, I think with uh, very little resources, he does a lot of uh, good hard science work. Yeah. I, that is, he was one of my alternates, actually. Well, then Drake. Just a, he's a shitty uh, businessman, but man, is he a good scientist. So many scientists are. What's up next there, Mikey? 
Uh, so I'm going to stick with the independent comics, and I am going to go with uh, Miss Agatha Hetrodyne. Drake, that was my next one. Ah, yes, we're talking The Girl Genius by Phil Foglio and his wife, whatever her name is. Uh, very nice. Yes, they are. They're very sweet. But if you if you ever go to a con and get a chance to talk to Phil Foglio, uh, he is very personable, uh, super nice guy. And the if you've got a young girl in your life and you want to give her uh, a comic book that will encourage her into the STEM field, I like I like Girl Genius. It's a steampunk meets uh, STEM kind of deal. A little PG, but not not, not raunchy, I don't think. No, I'm PG talking a teenage girl. I would not give it to a yeah. young kid. Yeah, just a little pg uh, So teenage girl, absolutely. I think it's perfect for that one. And uh, just a couple of things on the character. One of the other things that was holding me back is part of her genius is mutant ability spark as it's you know talked about there but maybe that's just a way of getting past what genius really is so i've always thought of that spark that they talk about in girl genius as more of a um, a way of understanding what true genius is more than some magical mystical thing that happens that's just the way i like to interpret it and i love that kind of book 100 glad to drink with you on that one what do you got next josh now, I got one, and I don't have a lot of exposure to the character, except in most of the mediums that are other, that are that are animated or cartoons. So I don't know if he has gone mad. I'm sure Michael correct me, but I'm going to go with Michael Holt, a.k.a. Mr. Terrific. God damn it, Josh. That was my number one. <laughs> was he, is he the second smartest man on the planet? Uh, he's the smartest man on the planet. He's the smartest DC man Comics, on the planet. Depending on who you ask. I don't believe Mr. Terrific's ever gone insane. Yeah, he just dropped on my list because I didn't have enough background to say whether or not he'd ever actually used his genius in madness. So. Yeah, he uh, well, he's definitely suffered from depression uh, as a result of the death of his wife. But uh, he is the Reed Richards of the DC Universe <laughs> without being a as callous Complete. a bastard as Reed Richards is. Absolute dick. we got to talk about him in a second, too, by the way. Address the elephant in the room. Uh, Mr. Terrific's a great one, mostly known for those orbs that follow him around, but he's made a million inventions. Uh, what drew you to that character, Josh? Uh, I sort of like how they, uh, well, at least in a lot of the animated series, they've pulled him in to be like, this massive bank of data uh, to deliver heroes in the Justice League to the right points at the right time. I like him sort of as that football quarterback. He's the Bill Belichick of the Justice League. I'm just going to say it. So he likes a, he likes a young team leader that he can mold into his image. Mm-hmm. And the he, interviews are just about the same. Yeah. Yeah. And his, today. Good. Good, good. In his comic book, The Terrifics, he crossed over with Tom Strong. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was great. Maybe that's the one I'll read. I got some of those. I didn't finish up the collection. All right, real quick, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Reed Richards, mad scientist or not mad scientist? Mad scientist. Mad scientist. He knew the Van, it it was called the Van Allen radiation belt. It is the Van Allen radiation belt. But he knew, he knew it was dangerous, and he knew it was going to give him powers. Yeah. And he had no idea what it was going to be. Yeah, he you knew it was... the dice, too, man. If I go yeah. on a fucking spaceship right now, and you're like, you're just going to get a random super, I'd be like, fucking roll the dice, let's go. You would tell your buddy, Tom, who's flying the fucking thing with that, though, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, we'd be like the Fantastic Four going up together, yeah, just rolling yeah. the goddamn dice. Yeah, but he didn't tell anybody else, so. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't tell oh. a shit. Yeah, that's wow. where the madness comes in. Like, you tell your... You gotta mention it to the wife. What if the wife got the Ben Grimm shit? <laughs> Come on, man. That's going to make it know. rough. She could have got the stretchy powers. She does in a couple alternative universes. I, I know. I yeah. I'm just saying. And he's, no, he's definitely a mad scientist, definitely. Yeah, all right. I'm glad we all agree on that one because uh, 
Yeah, mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's everyone on my list because you did. Uh, uh, but, but I do have a couple alternatives. Um, uh, but, but not to take the power broker. Now he's not exactly mad, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's evil, but he's not mad. He's not mad. He makes suits and gadgets and incredible suits and gadgets. He's an incredible engineer. Uh, and he sells them to supervillains for money. That's not exactly mad. That's just amoral. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. But you got to admit he's a brilliant engineer. He's right up there with Tony Stark. And the breadth and width of the stuff he's making far outseeds, uh, exceeds what Stark plays with. He plays with, like, everything. What are you, what are you there? Stark yeah, but guy? because he's so amoral, like, he doesn't care if it results in, like, harming whoever he... Like he, like ask Grizz. Go ask yeah. Grizzly if he's happy with what the power broker did to him because he can't get out of that fucking bear suit. I I I know what you're saying. I'm sure the power broker had him sign a very lengthy uh, <laughs> disclosure waiver. form yeah. and waiver. Yeah. And I'm 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 a hundred percent sure that part of the process of the power broker. You don't get out of there without signing at least your name 40 or 50 times. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't read any of it. <laughs> yeah. But No, Grizzly seems like the kind of guy that really goes over that shit. Ponders yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so uh, one of my alternates uh, was Oracle. Oracle, alright. Yeah, computer scientist. Probably See, the best 100%. computer scientist in the DC Universe. Well, I'll second to my wife, but okay. Yeah. That's fair. I'll take that. Yeah. 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 I would have gone with Vril Dox, but he's a mad scientist. <laughs> he's a mad oh, scientist. Vril, absolutely. He, yeah. He I neutered mean, Lobo. Sometimes just amoral, but <laughs> yeah. usually actually evil. Amoral is when he's at his best. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, uh, you love me Vril Dox, though. And my other oh. alternate is Blue Marvel. Absolutely, 100% Blue Marvel. Um, we don't see enough of that, but if you read the comic books, of course, it goes into his, uh, I think he calls it Infinite Genius yeah. mode, where he's inventing stuff. Yeah. And don't forget about the new one, uh, two new ones, um, Devil, Dinosaur, and Moon Girl. Moon Girl. Uh, she's supposed to be one of the smartest uh, people on the planet, and she's constantly inventing and coming up with cool gadgets. Yep. Her and, and Riri uh, Williams. Her and Riri Williams. That's what I was about to say. And also Riri Williams, then you are Ironheart. Ironheart, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like Peter Parker, Riri Williams uh, did everything Iron Man did, but she did it on a budget. She did it with just, you know, stuff she had uh, been picking up at an abandoned radio shack, which I think is kind of funny. And, you know, parts from her school lab and, and just pulling wires out of walls and stuff. All of which I thought was. Cool. Abandoned Radio Shack's redundant at this point. It's just Radio Shack. It's just Radio Shack. Well, there are no there... Radio Shack. No, oh, yeah. Hence, they're all abandoned. <laughs> I kind uh, of miss Radio Shack. Everyone does. Yeah. So I got a couple alternates. A couple uh, alternates. Mike, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow to you a little bit on this one. Once again, I only see this guy not in a lot of comic media. Ted Kord, Blue Beetle. Ah, uh, yes, I will drink to that. He was one of my alternates also. Now, which t- I guess we're talking about Ted Cord, um, the Blue Beetle that invented his suit and invented the spaceship. Yes. The f- yes. Earlier. So yeah, the the first Blue Beetle had a silver scarab that gave him all these yeah. powers, and then he gave it to Ted Cord, but Ted Cord lost it and was like, ah, I guess I'll just invent all this shit. So he came up with all his own inventions. He's an incredible engineer. And then, uh, yeah. 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 He died. So my, oh. <laughs> he died. And so my last two alternates were uh, Lucius Fox. Yes. That is where Batman gets all his cool toys. Yeah, Lucius is behind a lot of Batman's cool toys. And he's not mad unless you consider aiding and abetting a vigilante madness. I'm not going to. I'm betting this. he gets paid really well. He probably does. Yeah. And he's on the on the lighter gray side of the moral spectrum. 
And uh, I think the last one would be uh, uh, Martin Stein, half of Firestorm. Ooh. He goes mad, but when he was just a regular scientist, he was not mad. Yeah, but he wasn't that great a scientist. He was a, prof- he was a college professor and a, a good scientist. He's a good scientist, yeah. I would say he's a good scientist. I wouldn't put him anywhere near well, a great scientist. Yeah, he's, he's the, one of the top physicists in the DC universe. DC universe, yeah. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I didn't, so he's not a practical scientist. I thought he was, I thought he was just him. a... He's not a yeah. practical scientist, but yeah. Well, he, yeah, but if you're one of the top physicists, that's something. Unfortunately, uh, there was a recent series where it was revealed that he he uh, he's very evil. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Sorry, Marty. You're off the list. No, no. It's just fine. Still not mad. Still not mad. Well. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little. A little bit. That's fine. A little bit bad. Like I said, DC's not my thing, but I remember seeing Firestorm in a lot of other media and thinking, that dude was a scientist. He seemed pretty chill. You know, (coughs) one guy that would absolutely 100% argue that he's not bad is also probably the best geneticist on the planet. Sora. Uh, what? Sora. The the, the, Marvel? the, the ter- yeah. Marvel, the pterodactyl guy, he can rewrite DNA on the fly. Yeah, like, yeah. he can totally rewrite DNA on the fly. He's, he wants to turn the world into dinosaurs because he thinks dinosaurs are the perfect creation. And Peter Parker, one of my favorite lines in all the comic books, and I've said this before, is you can rewrite DNA on the fly. You can cure cancer tonight. And he says, I don't want to cure cancer tonight. I want to make dinosaur people. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not hey, wrong. Side note, dinosaur people don't get cancer. Right. Absolutely don't get cancer. He just wants a world full of dinosaurs. And that's not that that's I would crazy. Madness. But all those dinosaurs would be in perfect health. There'd be no cancer, no disease. Yeah. Right. He get to you Rabies know, perfectly gone. gone. Zero. So uh, definitely the best geneticist besides the high evolutionary, maybe. Uh, whoever lived. And, uh, but probably mad. Yeah. Oh, definitely mad. One of my favorite lines from him was, I can't remember who was facing him down. They were in the Savage Lands, and, uh, he had some, like, villagers standing in front of him, and they're like, let him go, Sauron. You're just some, like, pterodactyl man. Like, what powers do you have? He's like, you were all just rice paper bags of flesh. It tears the person in half, and they were like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> Yeah, Sauron could have been. Like, yeah, he was dark. How Sauron never became like one of the biggest bats ever, I don't understand. Well, dinosaurs have little... limited super abilities. That's the problem. He limited himself to the dinos. Yeah, it's not like any dinosaur ever had like laser vision. That would have been cool. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Any any uh, any lasts? Give it up. I'll, I'll just say, I'll pose the question. He wasn't necessarily on my list, but I, I think we can agree at some point he was mad. We, we we just blanched over Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark, probably one of the greater engineers of our time, but he went mad a few times. Yeah, this just reads the superior Iron Man. Okay. That's yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. He was, he was kind of crazy for that whole, that whole run. Yeah. That's fair. But one of the greater scientists, like, there's no doubt. Yeah. We were just yeah. saying scientists. Yeah. They would be a very, I mean, Dr. Doom would have been very high on our list. Doom uh, cheats, though. He saying. uses magic with science. He combines magic. It's not cheating. It's enhancing. Mm. If Reed Richards could enhance, he fucking would. It's the only thing that keeps Reed a uh, step behind Doc. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Plus, he gets to fuck soon. Which is what Dr. Doom thinks is the big problem. And Namor. Two guys. There's two guys who think that's the big problem. Namor just can't wrap his head around it. Like, I can't. What the Me fuck? and him? <laughs> I know he can make it look like this, but it's not really like this. <laughs> he can flex into this, but it ain't this kid. But then again, super stretching in the bedroom can't be terrible either. Yeah. 
Absolutely not. No. 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 Just saying. You go, girl. Mm. The only husband ever to call himself Mr. Fantastic and the only wife to go, yeah, that's about yeah. right. Mm. All right. Uh, my only other honorable mention is Brainiac 5 from the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Brainiac 5, one of the, I mean, he, the, anytime he went mad, he was controlled. It happened a couple times. But he was always controlled by an outside influence, like Brainiac. The original Brainiac got him a couple times. But it wasn't his fault. Yeah, I mean, he's just super intelligent. Yeah. Created the Legion flight rings. Created yeah. uh, Force Field. Created the fucking time machine that Booster Gold stole. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so he never went mad, but he was controlled. He was easily controlled. Yeah. My Brainiac theory was... Very right, smart, but not good willpower. Not good willpower. Mm-hmm, not you good gotta power. roll. You can't have your dumb... If you're that powerful... You can't have a dumb stat. <laughs> and his was willpower. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, you got anything great at the front of the long box this week? Yeah, at the front of the long box, uh, it's kind of a dive into the back of the long box, actually. I went back and decided Grant Morrison is just one of my favorite writers. So anybody who's watching the Doom Patrol series now, if you're not, what the hell's wrong with you? Three seasons of pure gold. Uh but the uh, I'd never read any of his Batman, uh, so I decided to go back and read his Batman run, and it is awesome. Batman Incorporated uh, is the primary series which he did. He also did uh, Batman and Robin and did the Batman series and created. Damian Wayne, uh, who is one of the best characters in the last 20 years to come out of DC Comics. Uh, The idea behind it is, and behind Batman Incorporated too, is Grant Morrison went back and read a bunch of old comic books and was like, I can totally work with that. So there was a... The Batman of Many Nations was a, a terrible Silver Age uh, comic book. And, oh my God, that just rang a bell, yeah. And he was like, okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going to twist it around. And so he introduced, he recreates the, the mythology behind it. Um, and he does it all uh, with also including the. He, the son of the demon, um, which was the comic where Batman is raped by Talia al Ghul. He takes that and is like, I'm going to use that. And from that is where he gets Damian Wayne. But it also sparks a storyline that he had written from beginning to end. So that way you can see the full arc and breadth of what he had imagined from that Son of the Demon storyline. Everything about it is great. We will do a whole podcast on the other characters in Batman Incorporated because they are awesome. Knight and Squire. Man of Bats, the Indian <laughs> character, and uh, uh, there were a couple of good ones, yeah. Yeah, the uh, uh, the one from Argentina, who he, he fights a uh, his super villain that he's fighting does the Tango of Death, and if you don't know what you're doing, the dance itself will kill you. It's just <laughs> really campy bullshit that he just welds into this mythology. So if you get a chance to read any of Batman Incorporated, it's on uh, the DC app. So if you have that and uh, got unlimited comics, you can read them. His storyline got kind of screwed over by DC restarting the universe with the new 52. But he was like, yeah, I'm still going to continue my storyline. Fuck it, all that other stuff happened. Uh, (laughs) But uh, the only thing is Grant Morrison is so weird and, you know, he's into all this transcendental bullshit that he also did Batman R.I.P. in the middle of that. 
which really bizarre. <laughs> but stick with Batman Incorporated. It's enjoyable. I will. That's a, I got a whole list of new stuff I got to go read. Not even new stuff. Old stuff I got to go back and look at. Because I remember reading it back in the day and thinking it was terrific. But uh, I'm getting older, so I can reread comic books. And it's almost like rediscovery. I will send you the issue numbers. I, I apologize to our listeners. I'll tell you guys next week the Batman numbers uh, that Graham Morrison did because there's one. There's a couple issues that is on the the Batman of many nations where they're all stuck on an island and it becomes a fucking Scooby Doo murder mystery. That is just <laughs> amazing. That sounds delightful. And also a little tangential, but that's Josh's purview. Josh, got a tangent for us? Yeah, so we're talking about science and scientists. I'm going to have to go and say if you could pull one technological device from science fiction into our real world, what device are you taking? I really want a jetpack. Like, we were promised jetpacks. We were. Dude, why did I just get the flight ring? Because I love the Rocketeer. Because Jetpack. <laughs> because Jetpack, that's why. Because Jetpack. Oh, let me think. Anything for science fiction. Anything. I mean, I've got mine. I had a moment to think about it before I came with a question. It's a big hitter. It solves a lot of problems. Let's hear it. Dr. X Replicator. Oh, uh, yeah. That is... That is food and water everywhere you go. Yeah. Kind of eliminates the whole uh, need for just about anything. It does. It really does solve a lot of world problems right there, the replicator. I'm a selfish, selfish bastard. I don't want that as not nearly as much as I want Darth Maul's scooter. <laughs> there, that, for those guys who don't know, I love scooters. I like uh, right now I have two scooters. I love scooting in science fiction in um, uh, the far future. Not a lot of scooters. You can argue that Darth Maul is riding a motorcycle but you'd be wrong because the way he's sitting in it definitely makes that a giant floating scooter and it is awesome. Uh, so I want to fly around in Darth Maul's scooter way more than I want to self world hunger right now. So hover scooters. That's your... Hover scooter. Alright. That thing was badass. Love that scooter. I do like the replicator making me tea whenever I want. Earl Grey tea. Hot. Nice. Yeah. Scribe hot. Hot. Fuck you, hot. (laughs) Alright, here's molten lava, dickhead. (laughs) You have have something? Are you just going with the jetpack? I'm just going with the jetpack. Moving the niche. Jetpack me. I mean, I, 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 that's what I pick first, and I'm going to stick with it. Sticking to it, huh? We can race. Yeah. All right. You got a three day eighteen for us, Tom? Three day eighteen. All right. Trying to think of the best way to work. IMAX movies. And it's a big movie. 382. Yeah, how much how much import do you put on going to a big IMAX theater for a movie like Star Wars or uh, the new Batman? Like 318, how important is it to you? Uh, three? I don't care. Like, I'll really? see it. don't care at all. No, uh, I mean... Like, the new Star Wars, you wouldn't, like, fuck yeah. Let's, let's twist the 318 mic for you and say quality of the theater. Oh, all right. Right, because I think that's what Tom's driving at, is where, how much do you steer yourself towards a theater to see a movie based on the quality of the theater and the yeah. experience you get to see while you see it? So not necessarily IMAX, I think... What is the what is the what is the draw to a quality whatever, theater? Like whatever the, whatever that best theater is for you. What, how important is it you go there? 
Yeah, personally, IMAX isn't even a big one for me. I like the 3DX with a really good sound. I think that's really good. Yeah, I, so I love the the theaters where you could go sit down and they bring you food. That, all right, that's your. And then you can just lay out if you want. That's 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 and what you I'm. Push the button and they bring you more food. Yeah. So my only problem with those theaters is I have to be in the front row. I can't. Otherwise, you got people walking in front of you the whole time. Like every waitress is carrying a drink and a meal, and dealing with somebody else, and they're turning the lights on. So normally, at least in New England, those seats are in a balcony, and they have the regular, the cheap seats down below, right? So I need to be in the front row of that balcony. Otherwise, it's a no-go for me. Yeah. I just like getting a drink brought to me. Like I, we were watching uh, I, the last Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull, and let me tell you. The drink button saved that movie for me. <laughs> I was hitting that thing like a mouse getting cocaine. Like, beep, beep, beep. I mean, it's nice that they can, yeah, they can bring me beer right yeah. to my seat while I'm watching the movie, and I can be reclined in a big old big old chair. That's fine. But, yeah, for I don't me, want, yeah. For me, for a big movie, to go out to the theater and have my popcorn, have my Diet Coke, maybe even have a drink brought to me, I'm going to put that in a, a solid 16. That's how important it is to it's definitely crept up for me because I find myself going to movies less and less because of streaming services and how quickly stuff gets released now. So, and the uh, yeah, great. And like, yeah, I, and I'm going to go with you, Tom. I'm going to go with a 16. It's, it's pretty oh. important at this point. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just go to a regular theater to see a movie at this point. It probably, probably wouldn't, even, wouldn't even cross my mind. All right. Did you see uh, Ghostbusters yet? I have not seen Ghostbusters. And has anybody seen The Eternals? Somebody. Do you mean, I mean, I don't mean anyone at call. all? That's what I mean. Yes, anyone. Did anyone go see the Eternals? Yeah. No one that I know of. Okay. I don't know anybody who's gone. So. Yeah. I kind of want to see it. Kind of also. <laughs> when does it come to Disney Plus? I don't know. Is it a month? I can wait a month. I'll tell you how little it's on my list. I'm probably going to go see Morbius in the theater before I see that. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more excited about that, but I, would, I've been, I like that character more. Uh, Josh, if you got any time this week, let me know. I'll, I'll sit middle, we'll, we'll meet midway and watch it again. Okay. If you like. Mike, you never gave me a number. Uh, I'm going to go with a 14. 14. Okay. All right, me and Josh are a little bit of buttons. That's okay. I guess that brings us to plugs, guys. Uh, I guess we got Pets you got to plug. Uh, I'm sorry, I have one more. Uh, it is issue 667 of Batman, the volume one. That's the Scooby-Doo uh, episode? Yes, uh, that is the right. beginning of that story arc. So that's that's the one to check out. All right, definitely check that out. So plus, we got, uh, we got uh, Patsy High coming up in uh, like three months now? Uh, two, two and a half. Something like that, yeah. We should really submit for that. We should. Oh, yeah. uh, submissions have been open yet. I'll, I'll submit as soon as they open that thing. I have been reading the shit out of all of the Batman Sunday comics oh, that the were published Sunday, in the, the newspapers from 1937 to 1941. So well, right you, before World War II. The Penny Picture. Uh, well, so the... It, We'll talk about it at the at Pensacon and more in depth. But it's interesting reading all the uh, Sunday papers because I'm trying to find out, like Batman or Superman was very liberal in the early Superman comics, but they kind of toned down that in the Sunday papers, the comic strip, which is what Siegel and Schuster really wanted to do because comic strips in the newspapers were considered. Uh, cartoonists uh, were considered uh, higher class than comic book writers and artists. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's interesting how the storylines translate. Yes, being a Pentagon, we're going to be talking about just the American way how uh, politics are reflected in Superman comic books. And as you mentioned, Superman was super liberal in a lot of the earlier comic books. And he does go through some times when, you know, different writers are in control. 
where his true justice in the American way do take on a slightly more Republican, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of uh, mentality, but never a, um, what I would call a uh, xenophobic or overly no. patriotic. Usually, you know. Never uh, goes into the realm of fascism. They never does, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Never becomes like a fascist Republican, but definitely a thousand points of light style Republican in a lot of comic books. Yeah, the way he treats those aliens in Detroit. Yeah. But go see the panel for that in yeah, Pentagon. <laughs> and I'll say this about those two mediums. It's it's funny that the cartoons, the cartoonist side was more regarded and the comic side was not because my grandfather, right, was doing both in the late 40s and early 50s. And uh, he was considerably more well paid for doing comic books than he was for cartooning. He had to take comic book jobs on the side, and and when he was doing Archie at the time, he was getting, I think it was $10 a page, and he was doing five to ten page spreads, Um, and just to put it in reference, he was living in uh, the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and his rent was $90 a month. So he was making a month's rent on working on one comic book, right? So. Yeah, but ten pages of one comic, that's, that seems pretty time-intensive. It had to take him at least a couple of days, four or five days. I, I mean, I know that. it's good money and all, but, I mean, they could crank those out. Boy, it seems like a lot of work to me. You know what it seems like a lot of work? Listening to Kirby Crackle, but it's not. It's a joy. KirbyCracklemusic.com. They provide our geek rock music every week. If you're wondering and watching this on YouTube going, I don't hear any music, it's the music that we play in our heads and also the music we pay, play on our podcasts where you can you can find the long box guys wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can't find it, yeah, just go to a different platform. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah, Speaking of uh, music, by the way, who's out of web again? Not me. I'm out. Out of what? Web again? Have you heard uh, Last Christmas by Wham yet, this year? No. You are still in it. You're still surviving Wham again. In it to win it. Josh, I have not heard it. Nope, I'm in. Uh, I'm I was in. early casually. I got it on December 1st, because December 1st, I started listening to Christmas food, because I like Christmas food. So I knew I was going out early, but I didn't think it dropped that early. I was out like two hours into Christmas. So, boom, out. I'm in. Hang in there. All right, so other things we have to plug. Uh, let's plug out, uh, like I said, Pentagon. It's coming up in less than two months. we got a bunch of panels coming up on it, in theory. And uh, there are a lot of good people already signed up. I'm excited about this year's uh, Pentagon. Me too. Some great guests. Looks pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> side note, I sent you guys, I forwarded an email. Our flight time changed. Saw it. But, yeah. Okay, good. I didn't see it, but I'm... I'm it's just a little bit earlier. It's not, it's not bad. And speaking of Pentagon, we do, well, we don't do, we volunteer Tammy and Ian Lino of GeekOrthodox.com. GeekOrthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. Yeah, we volunteer GeekOrthodox.com to do the karaoke, which is awesome. If you are down there, you got to go check out Nerd Karaoke. Get there early and sign up for uh, doing a song because it fills up. Super Lightning fast. Lightning and you know who's going to be back this year? Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone. I'm going back for seconds. You better come this time, Joey. Fatone, come on, I'll, man. I got my eye on you, Fatone. Don't make us double Fatone you. Because we Fatone you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, we did it last year, of course, during the play year, where just me running... Uh, we decided to do a, uh, a little pared-down version where we did uh, Nerd Karaoke uh, more as a sing-along, and we put on um, Once More with Feeling from Above the Vampire Slayer, the sing-along version of that. And then we did um, um, uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, uh, both wildly popular, very well attended. Uh, we were able to space ourselves out and be as safe as we possibly could while still you know, singing along in a... Uh, kind of a small space. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird. South Korea has banned people from singing at music concerts. Yeah, because it's... It's 
not the people on stage, Josh. I know you're like, what? <laughs> what? It's for singing along. Okay. No, yo, Shania Twain has to go up there to stand and look stoic. Yeah. Why did I go with Shania Twain? I don't know. I don't know. Is she big Paul? in South Korea? Maybe. Uh, sure. Okay. You know who's big in South Korea? Gordon Lightfoot. Really? Well, Gordon Lightfoot should be big everywhere. I love Gordon Lightfoot. You want to go I see him? D- He's yes. playing here in New London on Friday. Janet did you- not want to go see fucking Gordon Lightfoot with me. What? You still want to hear the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? What Gordon are my Lightfoot? parents like all the time? Are you fucking kidding me? I am not kidding you. I have triple booked for Friday. What, what time Wait, is it? Wait, hold on. Let me pull it up. No, all right. I was wrong. He, Gordon Lightfoot is going to be at the Guard Art Center in New London on Thursday, December 16th. Yeah, I'm going. Done. Sold. All right. I'll get us tickets, man. If I can go. Yeah. Fucking Gordon Lightfoot, are you fucking kidding me? Sundown. He is my He's my D&D bard, man. Like, every every time I picture a guy on stage in a tavern at Dungeons Dragons, it's goddamn Gordon Lightfoot. I think he was... At the deli I was at today in New Haven. Because I saw the dude and I'm like, that looks a lot like Gordon Lightfoot. A lot like Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Did you start humming the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald just to see me go along with it? Yeah, I should have. I only know two Gordon Lightfoot songs. Horse with No Name and... Uh, it's America. Not, Horse with No Name is not Gordon Lightfoot. All right, regular Edmund Fitzgerald, then definitely. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. give, give me a couple others. Time in a bottle. Oh, I like that song. It's a good song. Uh, what is it? Sun Sundown. 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 You better. Whoa, 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 whoa! Can't come. afford it. <laughs> Can't afford it. Whoa, 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 whoa! We ain't got Gordon Lightfoot money here at this podcast. Gordon Lightfoot kind of money. Fuck. And on that note, Mike, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk rambling history, but for comics. And Josh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot's concert. Is that your sector? Goddamn right it's going to be. Goddamn right. It's gonna, oh, we're, we're also going to go see Weird Al uh, in May. Okay. The same. Uh, and don't forget what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just uh, ponder the orb that you love. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Long Watch, guys. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Sausage fest it is. Yum, 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 yum.